the life after high school podcast so joe brother i really appreciate you doing this man thank you for uh coming on the show absolutely what's up glenn uh uh you know hanging out long day work uh started, yeah. started work pretty early uh, i don't know how about you can't complain it's almost the weekend for me so it's yeah all good nice nice so i've always found that i've been a fan of and it's almost weird saying a fan of your work because it seems to me like that's who you are and the way and i know we'll get into it and how we've kind of met and how our paths crossed in life but I've always been a fan of you and your perspective. And I find myself often talking to people using points of view that I've developed in the conversations I've had with you. So I'm extra excited and I'm uh, super grateful you're able to carve out time for this. Yeah, man. Should be fun. Awesome. So take me through then what kind of like your transition was like uh, leading into high school graduation and post-secondary school. What kind of made that transition piece key for you? I think for me, so I'm from the States. Um, it's, uh, so high school for me, um, new university ended up going to a small school out in Illinois, um, had family ties to it, but, uh, you know, wasn't the best student, but I got good scholarship money. So it was a good opportunity for me to go and kind of start fresh somewhere. Um, I had some family ties to the university, but, um, there was only a handful of folks I knew and, Coming in, I decided um, in high school, I was a bit quieter, more reserved, at least in the early years, and then kind of found my footing being social and being able to kind of talk with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into university, I wanted to completely redefine myself, um, kind of found my niche getting involved with uh, student government in, in university and kind of carried that through uh, all four years, uh, as well as some other kind of extracurriculars, but that was kind of my transition out of high school was I knew I wanted to I knew I had the opportunity to start fresh and have you know maybe people who didn't know me and um kind of took full advantage of that opportunity and I think I made the most of it for the most part nice what made you choose to go into the post-secondary program that you did which was a business right business leadership something yeah so I doubled up I ended up getting a, a dual degree in computer science right um, in high school, I had involvement with um, computer repair and networking. Um, I went to a Votech school um, that had, you know, classes that I would take. Uh, I always had a, a penchant for technology and computers. So, coming to my undergrad, it was information systems, which turned into an internship, and I didn't quite love that during that internship. And then came back to university and said. Well, I'll do computer science. This programming thing is is interesting to me. Um, from there, I kind of stumbled to a business minor, did the math and figured out if I kind of crammed in some extra classes, I could get a double major in computer science and business. So that's what I ended up doing. Yeah. Interesting. When did you kind of, so we met in 2018 kind of Mm -hmm. midway through it how were you able to transition into that role like take me through that process please Mm -hmm. about what that was yeah how yeah so big jump big jump yeah it was a big jump 
like I graduated uni in 2013, um, relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm actually at right now. Um, in had a had a great job working for a great company um, right out of out of school. Uh, but I reached a point around 2017 where um, I had never studied abroad or lived abroad, and for me, I had two big trips in 2015 and 16, where I went to Kenya, uh, as well as I went to Ecuador, and kind of opened my eyes to the experience of living abroad or going abroad. Um, I never studied abroad in university. I had a big desire for that, um, had the privilege of saving up and, and um, kind of positioned myself well to be able to leave a job that was very comfortable and treated me well uh, to go and try something different. Um, Long-winded way of saying, by the time I met you in 2018, um, I had I was about six months into living in South America, um, full, full time for the most part, uh, working with um, the nonprofit social enterprise. Uh, and that's kind of when our paths had crossed. Nice. How did you get involved with me to we what was that what was that whole transition like and who like did anybody kind of guide you in that direction or mold you to be a facilitator yeah i um my best friend ryan uh who had worked for the organization since 2012 uh, kind of connected me he's who i visited when i went to kenya and ecuador um, and actually was able to see the projects myself and get exposed to what they did. Um, so when I was living in, I was living in Colombia at the time and kind of got the, the connection to go do some training in Ecuador in order to be a facilitator uh, and do trips there. So. What, what was the biggest challenge you faced in that transitional period? Um. Uh, good question. I think for, from a challenge perspective, it, um, it was getting comfortable with maybe not knowing, uh, yeah. explain what I don't know. Right. Cause you know, when I was saying to friends and family, like, yeah, I'm going to go and, and live in South America and, um, do some volunteer work and, you know, just try to do something different. Um, you know, I didn't have necessarily a plan. I knew what I wanted to uh, learn and accomplish. Um, and I kind of centered that around, uh, the Spanish language, learning, um, learning at to the best of my ability. And, um, yeah, so, so the challenge was trying to kind of make sense of it to myself, even though I didn't know, but like, that was what I was most comfortable. Yeah. I don't know, but I'll figure it out and, and go from there. So. Awesome. You seem pretty, prepared for the everyday challenges how much know-how beforehand of what you were getting into were you aware of um in what sense like when i was living abroad or yeah um yeah just kind of the living abroad process like how prepared were you for what you're going into you feel like looking back on it now yeah, um, nothing was too 
you, you know you're going to have, you know, culture shock to a certain extent, but you can't let that, like, paralyze you, kind of. You have to keep it, you know. I, I kind of leveraged, not leveraged it, but, you know, if there was something I felt uncomfortable with, I would definitely reflect on it and be like, okay, why does that make me feel uncomfortable? And, like, what, you know, what should it make me feel uncomfortable, right? It's like, okay, because someone has different cultural values or different, you know, they might yeah. cook their food way or do something different like it's like well imagine if someone was in in the u.s or in canada and they were experiencing something like the weird things we do like you know what's the first time someone experienced poutine or you know like yeah uh, you know the big pizza in chicago or something or you know it, there's there's all those little things that i think i tried not to let it phase me i guess but i i didn't ignore it i didn't you know it's not ignoring it it's more embracing it and letting it kind of be a learning experience was definitely my approach for the most part. Um, yeah. Do you have a least favorite experience working, working abroad, not so much traveling abroad, because we'll get into that, but I really want to focus on kind of what your challenges were and your like favorite experiences from working, working specifically abroad. Yeah. What was like the biggest, uh, like yeah. least favorite moment? Yeah, least favorites. Um, or even a challenge about it. Yeah. I'm not trying to think negative yeah, about I think, it. But. No, no, I think it's a fair question. I think for me, a lot of the experiences I tried to have or the, um, the time I spent, I tried to be pretty intentional with it. Uh, and one of the kind of tenets that I stuck with for the most part was trying to be either with passionate people or helping passionate people. Um, so on the positive side, I, you know, there was a Spanish school I loved that I spent a lot of time with that I was able to help them with their, you know, website marketing. And that was awesome. Um, but one of my learnings and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a necessarily bad experience, but it definitely wasn't the best. Um, I ended up spending a month in Cali, Colombia, which is a, a beautiful um, it's the salsa capital of the world, uh, in Southern kind of the South of Colombia, yeah. uh, but, uh, and the guy that I was, uh, helping kind of with marketing and, and content creation and stuff, um, he was very passionate, which was like, I could see his passion, but he was also a bit of a jerk. He was an asshole, uh, that I just, um, I, I my learning, my learning was, like oh, no. you want to be with passionate people, but you want to be with people who have humility and aren't, aren't dicks. So that was, yeah. that was definitely something that, um, I had to readjust my expectations, readjust. Well, passionate, but you gotta be you know, a decent human being. So that yeah, was definitely, I mean, I still had a blast and really enjoyed my time, but, yeah. um, he definitely didn't help the experience at all. Right. Oof. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. I found that happens not so often, but there are there are moments where when you're traveling anywhere and you encounter somebody or I find like your experience sounds like a little like not so much as little of a piece as the one I'm about to give an example of. But I'm in Croatia and I go to ask somebody at the bar if I can just plug in my charger right to charge my phone for an hour mm -hmm. and the guy's like are you buying anything i was like what well, not yet like i might be and he's like you don't buy anything you don't charge your phone and i was like 
see ya. I go go somewhere else, and then some other bar on the beach in Split let us so or let me use their phone charger at the bar. But yeah, it's, little things like that don't don't necessarily ruin the trip, but they're like little pieces of the day. That's like man. You're on a beach working at a bar. I'm sure yeah. there are worse places you could be, and you choose to be rude. I don't know. It's not the not the greatest feeling, but uh, it's mm-hmm. cool that you still were doing like you still had somebody passionate you're working with, despite their attitude towards yeah. it. Yeah. So, what was then your favorite experience working over? overseas or sorry abroad yeah like that experience that um, sticks out to you yeah i think for me the um it kind of is the flip side of that story i just told where uh the in in my intention to like learn i ended up going and spending my first kind of 30 days at a spanish school um so in a small town of colombia called san carlos and well, you know, I had the intention to learn. So I'd go and uh, I ended up, it was a workaway. Uh, it's a, that's a platform where you can kind of exchange um, whatever services or volunteer work for food and board, um, which is nice. Workaway? And workaway, it's workaway.info. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it as a, a tool and a almost community as well for connecting with opportunities that are, um volunteer specific but allow you to whether extend your travels or really connect with people um it's a great highly recommend it but um that's cool yeah so in in san carlos the the spanish school um danielle and camilo they're uh two colombians who in 2016 had left um kind of working in medellin the the bigger city there and went to go start their own spanish school and in the the their in one of them's whole hometown mm-hmm. and their passion for the language, but also just the amount of fun that, um, and the authenticity of that, the experience that they created where, um, you know, you're learning Spanish, you're spending a couple hours a day doing Spanish, doing homework, um, conversing in the town. Uh, but then the town is surrounded by nature. So in the afternoons, every day we'd go and, uh, hike to a waterfall, swim in the river, um, go canyoning, big hike. It was really incredible experience that I ended up, I started the trip there. I did about, I did 30 days. And then I went back uh, to Columbia and to visit there, I think four more times. Um, So spent about 10 weeks total visiting and just really embracing and falling in love with that part of the country. Wow. At what point living abroad into that did you make the jump to be a facilitator was it like a year in or you were living there for a couple months you decided or you went there specifically no so my it ended up being about a month in um so i, I had wow. the month at spanish school and kind of knew i would have the intention of um you know i, I was in Colombia. i was like, okay i'll make my way either north or south i was kind of figuring out as i went um and that's when in, this was late 2017, uh, in December of that year, um, ended up going to Quito and doing the training to be a facilitator uh, in Ecuador. So that was pretty quick turnaround from there. So I had the training there. Then I actually went home back to the States for Christmas time um, and did 
another type of training. I did a yoga teacher training um, oh, yeah, for a month. Cool. Uh, I think when on your trip, I think we probably did a couple classes. I remember um, doing one almost if we didn't have an acti- activity like Wayusa in the morning, then yeah, yeah, yoga. yeah, yeah. It was yoga. And they did yeah. four of them, but there was yeah, an activity like all day. So yeah. yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Cool. So it was right away and you took, was half of the taking Spanish, Spanish lessons. Sorry. Was that with the intent of trying to, you wanted to learn it obviously, but that you were able to use that quite a bit. It seemed like when you were a facilitator. Yeah. I mean, that makes the, you know, whether you're traveling or um, having a cultural experience or mm-hmm. you get uh, speaking the language, me attempt to, like, you don't need to be um, like people really appreciate that, you know, mm-hmm. for it. Uh, so that was uh, really just to learn as much as possible. And I, I think with the work I was doing, I could use it, you know, 30% of the time. Um, but, you know, I didn't, for me, I think a, a big piece that I wanted to make sure I didn't do was like to step on the toes of the co-facilitators or the, the jungle guys we were with, right? Where I want to make sure that my, you know, role as a facilitator who's not from the yeah. to is to raise up and, and make sure that the the Ecuadorians, the folks that you're meeting, like their voice is heard and not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, you probably heard me speak some Spanish, but a lot of it is me trying to sit back as much as possible and yeah, uh, take it all in myself as well. Right. How, what was the training like? Yeah. So for um, the facilitation training, it, um, a lot of situational things. Um, so it, with with that program it was there's a lot of middle school high school age students so um ensuring you can handle um everything that goes with interacting with teenagers and i think you know having been a teenager myself at one point and understanding you know aspects of uh you know both the good and the bad Mm -hmm. and you know how things that dynamic um you know covering that and making sure you can have and address drama address tough situations uh you know because when people when people are coming on and having an experience like that it's you it's a lot of people's first time abroad so you want to make sure they're comfortable as well as mm-hmm. comfortable comfortable but challenged right like right. that's what i tried to make sure people felt yeah i see that in a cool in a cool way of that to your point that was my first time abroad i'd been to cuba as a vacation with the family when i was younger but i don't count that as in a comparison way form of how intense that was and i'll be honest there were times where um, like emo like you're overtired we're overworked like but sometimes like if it's we don't really control the weather so it's like 39 degrees a thousand percent humidity pouring rain might i add mm-hmm. all the time and then I'm exhausted. Like we're all tired. Emotions are high. So I look back and I think to moments that like of conversations I had with people. And there are a couple examples where we had conversations and I think it could have been either. It was honestly, it was probably the way I received what you were saying. 
and I was like exhausted. And I was like, I left the conversation being like, that Joe guy, man, like, ah, damn it. And then looking back on it weeks later, I was like, man, I was exhausted. I didn't understand half of what he was saying. Like, my bad. But yeah, there's a, it's definitely, it can be very overwhelming, the experience of it. But it's cool that that's what they train you for. For you. Yeah, for you, thinking back for yourself, I mean, what was your, you know, I think I probably asked you this question during the trip, but like, remind me of why you wanted to do the Ecuador trip and what was your original connection to it back then? Because you were, what year in uni were you at that point? It was done. You were, like I was going to graduate and then go. You were, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I was on my uh, yeah. swan song. And uh, I think the reason why, would you prefer like a genuine answer of why I did it now or what I think it was? Do both. I think that's a okay. good reflection. Sweet. So why I think, what I think it was, was I think it was a desire to do something completely and absurdly out of my element at the time I had been in such a crazy high pressure program that required a lot of my time, energy, emotions, and like emotional investment, the whole nine, and then working long days and stuff in school. And then I had wanted to travel I'd always wanted to. And then I was trying to find a way that I could work for a semester or study abroad. And then I came across uh, the trips. And then I figure with the timing of my school, I couldn't get away for a week or 10 days. And I also didn't feel, sorry, not 10 days, a week or five days. And I didn't feel five days was enough to get it. Like we have what, about mm-hmm. two weeks. I feel at that as a minimum, I think that was a perfect minimum it was reasonably priced per day and it was so much further out of my element than the other kind of options that I was looking at. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know at the time what clicked, but it was so, Oh, it was something about the building. I'm in like building construction and property management and uh, architecture. So that was something that I also wanted to keep that and like, see how it was done in another country and how other cultures did it and especially yep. how they did it without all the crazy power tools that I have nowadays yep. on site. So seeing yeah. it and mixing cement with shovels on the ground and then pour, it's a lot of work, man. It's yeah. a lot. I, I'm remembering the conversation. Yes. when you, you and you had mentioned that and discussed yeah. um, your major and what you were going to go into. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a good reminder of that. Yeah. And, and now, the, the, like what you, the reflection now, what it was the, I think looking back on it now, I think I, I believe fully that I did it out of a drive to create and learn, create a more independent and confident my, like in myself. And I think that was something that was super, super awesome to do and take a big step forward into that transition period of, I just finished college now it's like now all my decisions are more on me i felt college they were always a little bit streamlined by other people's visions of what Mm. they wanted me to do but excuse me but that was the first time where i took full control over a situation of something i wanted to do that was big like a big picture thing and i was like hey i want to do this i want to help out i want to do everything i can 
in my physical power to benefit the community for the length of time that I was there. And I also knew as emotionally draining as it was for me, I like to believe that I got the most out of it, whereas there was not a thing. And you could probably attest to this or uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There wasn't something that I kind of half went in on. It was everything I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on everything Joe's saying, Lily's saying, Rox is saying. I'm like, I'm going to listen to everything they're saying, try to formulate my thoughts and you know, every activity, mm-hmm. every game, every time the locals beat the crap out of us in soccer completely mm-hmm. we completely outnumbered them and everything they still demoed us like all those things it was like there's no like halfway about it and i think that was something that i also wanted to do was just okay there's something that i want to do there's something i want to try i can get a lot of benefit out of this if i fully commit whereas if i'm like man maybe or showing up once a week to meeting or once a month to meetings instead of like all the time never miss a meeting, never miss an activity, never not pour it all in. And I thought that was something that I could see such a big benefit out of mm-hmm. if I went in all the way yeah, and just put like bit down on the mouthpiece and was like, I'm going to see what I can get out of this, right? Because you get out what you put in. And I think that was said quite a bit. And I think you could either go in half and like, well, you know, maybe I'll wake up for certain morning activities. And it's like, no, like we're here not missing a damn thing, no regrets. And that was how, that's how I like to travel now. That's how I like to live every day. It's like, no regrets, baby. Like, let's go. So that's how I think it is. I think it's similar, but I think it's, I like using what I've learned, especially Mm -hmm. in uh, the service trip to Ecuador. And I think that was probably the most, arguably the most humbling experience I've ever been through. So yeah, no, grateful for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to, you know, I, I had been on trips myself and, and I think it's different for everyone, which is, I think, an important thing that you have to realize where like you could get a lot out of it and some other folks, you know, might not externally ex- express it as much, but like, I think you definitely have the right mind that both while you were there well, before while you were there and then after mm. um, to make the most of it so that's encouraging for me to hear and it's exciting just to know that um the, either at the end was probably in up there but the one that sticks out to me was by far the one where you had to separate after you're going to read something to us you're like okay you go on this side of the room or this side of the room and just the whole reason of why we were doing it and then the possibilities and how invested it, I think this is my favorite part, how invested everybody was mm-hmm. in the topics. You're like, all right, pick three people to discuss on why they should switch sides. And I was just like, Oh, this is so much fun, but it was just, it was so like empowering mm-hmm. and it was very, very also to me humbling to see that people still respected what I it's, it's like me saying, I understand what you're saying. I just don't agree with you. Yeah. It's a very, very level-headed, like, decision-making process that I really enjoyed. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed seeing that from all, pretty much all the groups I had, you know, whether it was middle school age to university or even kind of, you know, adult groups. Like, it didn't matter um, who it was. Everyone kind of got out what they put in and, mm-hmm. uh definitely challenge folks to 
think about things in a in a different way, but also listen. I think that's the biggest piece that yeah. people don't realize is you have to listen. You can't you can't make a, a conversation without listening. So yeah. You know, and I think that's something that I found has developed through just as like many skills through doing this, like doing the show, but I think that's one of the main ones that kind of blossomed on the listening one workshop that I've kind of taken and developed where I saw this quote way back when, and it said, the problem with communication in our society nowadays is people listen to respond, but they don't listen to understand Mm -hmm. or like listen to learn. And there's a very, very level headed place that you need to be going to in order to like, I'm hearing what you're saying. And, but then that trains your brain. And that, like you said, it's a skill that's developed instead of like, Oh, he's done talking my turn. And it's like, I don't actually hear what you said. So whatever I regurgitate isn't going to be informative, educational, good. It's not going to contribute to the conversation at all. And I think that workshop I've done quite a few times with, I worked at an outdoor center after, after the, after me to we and the trip we went on to Ecuador and doing that, I like first, first thing with every group that I had, it was like a, like a university group who did like two days. And I just kind of wanted to see where their head was at. And I think, I think my expectations were higher, but then, sorry, then what it, what actually came to fruition in the moments with them. But mm-hmm. I think they understood the point but everybody gets very, very like, uh, why is he doing this? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. They almost want to know why we're doing it before we do the activity mm-hmm. instead of it's like, no, they, you don't understand the leadership building process. <laughs> reflect on it after. If you yeah. know, we're not going to do this. I'm just going to tell you, but it's not as fun. The point's not, the point's not getting across as well, but that, yeah, that was probably my favorite one. And the one that I learned a lot from and stood out the most to me in those so that was a yeah that was that was a blast for sure now within that did you find anything challenging about dealing with a group that was a bit more out of your element in terms of adults or young adults kind of some years or year or two younger your age maybe you know yeah yeah um it's question i think for me at that point it, it was about five honestly even at that point about three months into doing in into the role and, and facilitating um you know your, your trip was the first university trip that i did um so it was you know definitely a lot of firsts mm-hmm. um as far as like being out of my element or um dealing with i think, I think a big part of like why you're able to be comfortable in a situation like that to a certain extent is kind of the support, right? You had a co-facilitator, someone that was there kind of sharing the load, right? It's, you know, the, the mm-hmm. oxen, right? You're sharing the load to, to pull ahead and, and having that a team that supported and was there to like, you know, have the conversations about like situations. So I think okay, nice. that was a super important piece of how, uh, what I really appreciated how, how me and we did things and how, um, you know, the people that I worked with are, are we're all stand up folks that, mm-hmm. uh, I knew I could trust. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's a good story of like a situation or something that was uncomfortable or, 
out there, but not really nothing, nothing crazy. This is a good. You're thing. dealing with, yeah, me preaching and yelling about drinking water and staying hydrated. <laughs> um, you know, I yeah. think that was like you. You are dealing with extreme environments. You know, I think you said 39 degrees, which in Celsius, you know, it's 100 degree or in or in Fahrenheit, it's 100 degrees. So it is yeah. completely not comfortable and de- nope. dealing with the health issues there. That's definitely a tough part. Or, yeah. 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 I think yeah. It was interesting because I was the only, there were 10 of us and I was the only male on the trip. And that I think is a, it was a very, very, I was kind of drawn to people of a similar personality or mentality of mine in terms of like mindset towards the trip. And so I was fortunate enough that there were like people on the trip with like a same mindset. Everybody had the same approach. They had the same like mindset. They had the same, like rocks is very, very, very phenomenal at conveying a like very very like stand back kind of like almost not this might sound bad like puppet master style of leadership where she doesn't really she just gives such a great example and really projects what she wants and what her expectations are of us as a group and then we almost never want to let her down and I think that was something that thankfully all of us went at the trip with I mm-hmm. think that's what helped that dynamic. But I also think that's why I drew close like you to Fabio. And that was, it was like, I was like, yo dudes, this is crazy. I haven't seen you guys in forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it definitely, you know, you being the only guy, if that wasn't necessarily not normal, like in general, the trips were, would skew heavily female. And um, yeah. Yeah. I think the, the I mean, most, in general, I would say it was at least 70, 30, right? Like, wow. it, like for the, yeah, female, male. Um, I wonder why. And yeah, and there's, I couldn't really speak exactly to it, but mm-hmm. um, you could make some like generalized assumptions, but, but uh, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, you being there and yeah, I think we had that talk where it was like, yeah, like, you know, let me know, man, like we'll talk, yeah, talk about whatever and, and um if there's ever a situation like that, that's just like, yeah, bros, bro, yeah. bros being bros, I guess kind that's of, I, I don't know. It's kind of silly to say, but um, that's legit. Yeah. 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 And, and I think in general to the social justice or more so like just involvement with issues at that level, or um, I think there is a opportunity for, for everyone to get involved one, but then also really for guys to, um, you know, step up and you know put the video games down or the you know turn the sports off for a minute yeah. and like think about some of the bigger bigger things or leverage those things and do something with them right and either way mm-hmm. um because athletes or people have an opportunity to share as well but yeah 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 cool that and yeah that, that's always fascinating me and i don't know if it's something that i was just nurtured to want to pursue or it just it was just something that caught my eye and then I just want to see it through or that's just who I am and how I was raised and all that good stuff but I think there was there's something to say about trips like that and what I what I or like other men who are more surrounded by a female perspective and a mindset it was very very there are a lot of things that I knew if it was like all guys it'd be a very different approach but I also know 
or maybe maybe I could be wrong with this is like the conversations were at a different like they were very 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 they're so emotionally aware and intelligent years beyond me even me now and them back then emotionally way ahead and that was something that I was like this is fascinating how you guys are so aware of how you feel and you're okay expressing it. <laughs> yeah. This is such a new concept to me. So yeah, yeah, learning that was kind of, it was weird. It was weird, but it made me so fascinated with wanting to know more about them and what they're, uh, no regrets. It was uh, super cool. It was super fun. So I love them all and I have like the utmost respect for them. So it was cool to see you as, like a role model in that space, but also guiding it from like a step back leadership point. So that was a, that was pretty, that was pretty cool to see. So yeah. Awesome. So what was your overall experience just as of like within the last year or so with like me to we, and as with what was going on with them in the big news, um, what, was your experience like from what's your perspective on that and why do you like why do you think that was such a big deal yeah um i guess so i had i had left the organization i mean just i didn't i knew i was going to come back stateside at the end of uh 2019 so had that um i think for me one being from the states like i don't understand canadian politics right and you know we have enough things that happen on our side of things. But um, I think just in general, it, it's, it's, it's personal for me, right? Like it's, it's my, my best friends. It's the people that I had just incredible experiences with. And it, yeah. it's tough how, you know, like, like we talked about, like an experience that we had that was so real that like mm-hmm. um, to see it, how it was kind of, brought down truly uh in a way um and i don't know if that's canadian politics or what the deal was with that um but i think you know in the grand scheme of things the space of international development the space of charity like there absolutely needs to be oversight and uh like criticism right because there's no right way to do development there's no right right but Mm -hmm. i think a lot of criticism or a lot of the things that like, I don't even understand. Like, I don't know. It feels kind of personal just from a, like the friends that had lost their jobs and um, really were impacted because I know the work that they do, they do and still do Mm -hmm. um, abroad is, is good. Um, But yeah, I don't really, I don't really know. It's something that's, um, yeah canadian politics i don't quite understand still but uh yeah me neither me neither man you're preaching the choir there not uh yeah. not yeah. too diverse in canadian politics like i think i am and then i hear somebody's leaving office for what i'm like all right enough of this shut it off i got it like when it comes to certain things that affects me then i'll cross that bridge but yeah. more so around voting time it's like whoever impacts my industry in the best ways get my tick it's not mm-hmm. really much of a, I don't need to watch the news every day to figure it out. Plus, you know, yeah, yeah. lives are busy, but so 
Joe, every time I saw you, you have these very, very, and I've seen nobody else wear them except you, and you're a big in, uh, ambassador, we'll say, for Snapchat sunglasses known as spectacles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could say that. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. Every time I saw you, you were shooting videos, you'd be like this. And I'm for the longest time, I didn't know. And then I would, I heard a rumor that you had cameras, a video camera and a photo camera in the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you're right. I'm one of the only people that really used them. They weren't marketed super well by the company, yeah. by Snapchat. Um, but I kind of stumbled into them, uh, would have been late, early 2017 and, and had them on hand. Actually, I have them right here. Yes. Um, it's because, Let's yeah. Uh, so, Unreal. Um, and yeah, for the, the, I'll describe them. So they have uh, one camera in them. It's a uh, 105 degree, um, I look ridiculous, uh, 105 <laughs> degree camera on one side where, it captures about the equivalent of the human eye. Um, yes. So if you think about it, they're on your face at your eye level. So the, the video is about the same as a human eye from a quality perspective. It's, you know, it's a, a small camera, but um, yeah. And during my time abroad, I kind of fell into trying to, well, it, it was one of those things that I kind of learned and discovered along the way and kind of have created a bit of a narrative to it. But um just the ability to keep my phone away and not have to worry about, you know, missing moments. Yeah. Right. In two ways. Right. Like if I have to take the time to get my camera out and, or my phone out, I had, you know, I did have a nice camera that I had, but um, the time to get those out, if I'm already not ready, um, you know, could miss the moment and yeah, to just click the button and like really intentionally just watch it and, you know, capture whatever was going on um, mm -hmm. really helped shape both you know i think for your for your trip as well as a lot of the other trips i facilitated i put together a you know i think i checked yours was like an eight minute highlight video yeah, of sick. um of of moments and, and things that you know you might not you know whether it's the work on the work site or the water walk or different activities where um you did have your hands full and right like you know and part of the one of the things that i liked about the me to we was people keeping their phones away and not yeah, you know too. being obtrusive um, and allowing, still allowing you guys to have a, a memory that you can look back on those 10 days and, you know, jump into day four and remember exactly what you were doing when mm -hmm. you meet the names, the faces, um, helped, you know, it was something that I could give back to folks, right? Like mm -hmm. you guys will have that forever and it can, it can, um, can remember those moments. You should, you should like edit in some footage while I'm talking about like your experience while, this is happening to be, maybe yeah. it'd be work for you, but you, I think it'll be fun. Like, so, you know, whether yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. Uh, I love that. Kind so of yeah, thing. that, that's, yeah. yeah, that was, that was when I was on trip and um, spending time uh, working with, with groups. That was kind of something I did. Um, but yeah. So I was going to transition that to, yeah. is that, is that, and if not, what inspired 
see where Joe goes because I love that series. It is probably my favorite. I've watched a lot of good TV shows on Netflix, but my favorite thing to watch <laughs> on the internet has to be see where Joe goes. Definitely a top five for sure. Like what what kind of inspired that? That's a big, or that's a big thing that? to say. I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, who needs that when you have Instagram TV? That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, I think it it really started from you know I had developed somewhat of a skill. You know, nothing that I was doing editing wise was really complex at all. It was just like stringing yeah. together clips. Um, but during the, I think it was actually during those first three actually the first it, at that point when i when you had your trip i actually didn't start to see where joe goes till august of that, that year mm -hmm. uh, playing around with it and creating people stuff for other people right like you guys would have a trip i would create a video share it but that was kind of like very specific to you know yeah. the context was very important and specific to y'all so when i started um i kind of left Ecuador after my contract ended in 2018 and, and made a trip and I headed south in Ecuador down the coast and then ended up going and spending um, about two and a half months in Peru. Um, so kind of the, the I knew I was going to go and spend two and a half months traveling um, and I wanted to have a way to capture what I was doing but then also share. Um, really if you go back to like the first one it was like you know, it was for my mom back in the US. Like I know she'll never go and do these, um, being able to see what I was up to. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it, it, you know, that, I think I have something like 80 or 90 videos out now. And so you can kind of look back on those first ones and, you know, kind of see how my style changes and how it mm -hmm. goes from, you know, little pop-ups, like explaining things eventually I reached a point where I was too lazy to even edit those pop-ups. <laughs> so yeah. when I was filming, just say, you know, Hey, this is what I'm doing and give the context. Yeah. As cheesy as it sounds like the vlog concept of people talking to a camera, uh, is actually a quite effective way to get, get attention. Like people appreciate that sort of, um, not overly right i think too much in moderation but i think a certain yeah. amount is is good for video content and sharing stories no i agree and that's something how long do you think it took you to be comfortable speaking like that because like you seem pretty natural from the beginning so i wasn't sure if you'd done that a lot before or is that just something you're like who cares what people think and you just hit record yeah i think good mix of both like I, it was a certain like I, you know i'm i'm experienced here's the key right like i would i and actually i should give it this like context too like it is definitely weird to have a camera on your face and like i would try my best in in, in most situations to explain that right because it is it is can be a bit obtrusive but mm -hmm. um in general the way i you know so i would one i would whoever i was traveling with or like you know if i was in some place i would normally you know, give them that context and explain. They were good, you know, fun talking, uh, fun conversation piece too. But um, so there's that. But for me, most of the situations I was in were tourist situations, right? Where everyone is like this, right? So instead of, you know, you know, holding my camera in front of my face in front of camera, right? So instead it's just, you know, I'm able to experience it 
and not have to worry about that and just yeah. click a button. I'll send you this clip of like recording what's going on and what you see. You can, yeah, you can edit this in when it's like my kitchen. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have that. And that, that was, I don't know. I, I preach that to people now, like mm -hmm. um, whether it's, you know, a video camera like this or a GoPro or a 360 camera or um, you know, I met a lot of folks who had different mediums of kind of capturing memories. Um, met a new region girl who was every day would draw like a cartoon from her day. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it, you know, one of those cartoons, I was like, we like jammed into a bus traveling in Peru and it was super cool. Cause she like took a picture of it and shared it with us. And it was like how she captured it. I had met folks who do like beautiful watercolors, um, writing a ton, uh, I think that's a super important part of, of travel in general um, mm. to keep some sort of log notes because, uh, you know, now we're, I guess we are, you know, about 10 months into you know, quarantine and COVID times and, yeah. um, you know, having these memories to look back on where it's like the raw footage, you know, hundreds of gig, well, it's not hundreds, but like a lot of, a lot Feels of like footage. It. Actually, yeah. probably is. It probably prob actually it probably yeah. is hundreds of gigs, um, yeah. of, of like, you know, the kind of curated videos that I edited and, and, and published. Um, it definitely is nice to have in a situation like now to reflect on. So, mm -hmm. what's your go-to? Like, how do you capture and remember your travels <laughs> or things? So I use. Um, I've always wanted to splooge and get the spectacles like splurge on them sorry and i just i don't know i just haven't yeah. haven't been able to do it quite yet um probably next yeah. time um that'll probably mm -hmm. be my next like video production thing that i get but for me it's all about storytelling so mm -hmm. i find whatever captures it best so like i'll i'll journal and use that to go back when i'm creating the video so i can say what i did as i'm like as i'm putting clips together but I have my G7X Mark II that I use just it's like less like smaller than my hand flip up. And then I just, yeah. I don't mind going like this. I did uh, right after Ecuador. Uh, so that May, um, the same year in August, I left for six weeks and did across Europe with one of my best friends. And mm. so I have, a like you said, hundreds of gigs. So when you said that, I was like, yeah, it's literally of like Croatia, Bar like Spain, France, your like Amsterdam, Romania, Bosnia, like mm -hmm. Serbia. I got all these places in these really weird remote or populated areas where you see a guy wearing this exact hat, like a graphic t-shirt, shorts and running shoes outside of the Monte Carlo casino with his little $400 video camera up in the air and everybody's hopping out mm -hmm. of their Rolls Royces. I stopped kind of that was actually that exact moment was kind of where I was like, you know what? I, it doesn't matter. Like, it, who cares what they think? Like they're looking, I'm yeah. not going to see yeah. them again. They might not even speak English. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's between that. And then I have a, a Canon M50 that I use for like podcasts or that I use for shooting better photos and bigger scenes and I have a wide angle lens yeah. on that for photos so it's all about that's why I love media like I love the digital aspect of it um it's just probably in my opinion like the best means of 
telling a story just there's the video the audio and that's why i like doing like the mm-hmm. video and audio podcasts like i can see your reactions instead of just hearing it i can see it i can experience what's mm-hmm. going on in your body language to understand how you felt in that time and then how you're kind of reflecting mm-hmm. on it so i think uh yeah i use a, i use a couple cameras there and then you know, i try to piece it all together to make it look cool and i'm getting better but uh slow progress but uh yeah It'll definitely be a, it'll definitely be fun to see the next few years. But I, I had a trip last year I did for two weeks across Canada and back, but I don't have one this year that I want to do yet. I don't know what I want to do yet as a trip Mm -hmm. because with COVID, but we were supposed to do South America. We were supposed to do Ecuador and Peru, but instead Mm -hmm. because of COVID, we had to settle for a cross Canada road trip. Yeah. So Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see how, tourism bounces back and you know that is the lifeblood of a lot of economies down in in latin america and around the world really and how that will happen so um i'm I'm bullish on it but uh, i think i hope everyone will now travel with a little more intentionality just as far as you know the wellness of others around them whether it's you know masking or like you know being you know let's being somewhat responsible and respectable, like respect yeah, and respect it. your surroundings. Cause um, yeah, I definitely, even when I was abroad uh, meeting folks or, you know, making connections with people, you know, being from the States um, and I'm not going to say America because, you know, you're from America that everyone's, you know, from the States, but uh, yeah. and traveling in America, Latin America for the time, um, people have preconceived notions about things and a lot of things could ring pretty true. Like it, mm-hmm. as much as like, you know, stereotypes yes. you, are bad and like, but some things ring true, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to establish, you know, whether it was my ability to speak Spanish and really connect with people and, and communicate, like that was always a bright spot for me when I would, you know, when I would be places and yes, I'm very, you know, tall, pale and blonde and it you know it's not going to stop me from you know talking to people in a respectful way and and making connections and and getting to know folks uh at the end of the day folks really appreciated that and it was nice to be able to hopefully give a good um representation of you know my country and yeah yeah and ultimately like i found ultimately yourself too that was a big thing that i found with all the traveling I've done so far, it's, that was, it's like, now I'm representing in that situation, I'm representing my school, the group of people, you know, it looks bad on you. If I do something completely out of line, you know, there's a lot more people down the chain, but if it, it's like, now I'm representing a lot of paperwork. Myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't even imagine out there. Yeah. And so stuff like that, I think is something that I think, like you said, it's just the respect thing. And I found people are really good in other countries. Like, uh, Ecuador is really good for it when we were in Quito and I was trying to speak Spanish or when I went to Spain and I was speaking Spanish and ordering by myself, ordering for me and my buddy who I was with and like a group of people we were at the hostel. And I was like trying to speak Spanish. I would tell them, don't speak to me in English, just speak slow in Spanish and I'll <laughs> do what I can. Yeah, Cause I'm sense. like, yeah, exactly. Right. And I'm like, I'm trying to learn. Cause I'm like, I have learned a bit scratch the surface at best and now i want to like try to keep it going but then and i was learning until covid hit then i was like ah 
my English is good enough for Canada to go across the country. So, yeah, but make do. Yeah, exactly. But Joe, uh, what is um, how important is your opinion? In your opinion, is travel to the development of a person? In your opinion. Yeah. Hmm. This, this topic question. comes up a lot with uh, a lot of guests of mine, and I find I'm like you're the person I want to ask this most. Yeah. I think for one, it comes from a, a point of privilege for sure, right? From to start from there, where um, you know, there are folks, whether they're in Canada or the US, that have never even traveled outside of like their region, or you know, so so I think it's defining what travel means first, right? So for um, you know, it for me, I would define travel outside of a vacation, right? Like I think vacation is um, you know, a vacation is a vacation, right? You want to go someplace warm and tropical. Like when I say travel, and I think for me, travel is um, just trying to find a place where you hmm. it's not trying to find it. It's just, it's just going right. You never know what you're going to get. Right. But like um, taking you know, taking steps to make the most of it, right? So I think as far as someone developing, like the step of even saying you want to travel, like that's a big step, right? Like I think like that's, you know, and that's a, that's something that stretches a lot of people. Um, and, you know, whether it's going abroad or taking uh, for two weeks or a month or a year, uh, I think for tra travel specifically, I think it's important that you approach it the right way. I don't know. Like I, I just, it's such a point of privilege for, for me and others, like to, to be able to go like I, that it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like required because it's such a privilege to be able to go, but it's more so that if you have the opportunity to go, you make the most of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's, that's something for me that I not, not struggle with, but I reflect on a lot was, you know, my opportunity to go and live abroad for two years and have this yeah. opportunity. Like I, you know, folks coming back to Charlotte and living here, it's, it's always good to, it's nice to connect with folks and try to explain it, but like, it's one of those things like you have to experience for yourself or um, yeah. So a bit of a long winded answer. Answer, but I think travel is super important for people's development as far as um, if you have the privilege to, to go and do it right, right? And make sure you're, you have the right intentions and right, set the right expectations. Um, because without that, I think it is just a, you know, a vacation or a, a holiday, right? Time. So. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that answer a lot. Do you find when you come back and I don't and just hearing you talk about it made me think of the, I felt after the two weeks we were gone or I was gone um, to Ecuador, I came back. I was like, I didn't know. I didn't think it was cultural shock, but I was very, very, I was almost depressed for like a couple of days afterwards. I don't know if it was just the jet lag, which meh, it wasn't that long of a flight, right? Six, seven hours mm -hmm. roughly. Yeah. And um, I just felt, like it was just no all of it was so up here we were busy 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 go 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 and then it dropped 
mm-hmm. back to every day and everybody's walking around with like zero idea of what's going on it was just it was bizarre and that was yeah. very very I was tricky I don't know if you've ever experienced something similar or know what that's kind of like or what it is but it was- yeah for sure I think there is such a thing as like a, a reverse culture shock or um you know it's a silly term kind of but like mm-hmm. uh it is, I think you said it right. It's that you're doing so much in like, especially in a trip like what you went on where it is every minute is planned and, and really there always is something happening where it's when you come back and you're like, oh yeah, I need to like figure out what I'm gonna have for dinner tonight and like think through what I'm gonna do tomorrow, yeah. right? Where it's mentally, right? You're able to go from a place of kind of locked into the roster and like, go and like you go on the roller coaster like yes you trust that it's secure you know it's going to be like crazy your head's going to spin you're going to scream but mm. once you get off you know you you kind of want to go again right and it's like no oh, you, yeah. you, a lot of times you have to wait in line right or like you know i think you know yeah. roller coaster maybe not the best analogy but i think there is something to it makes you know, sense like it, yeah you know yeah roller coasters aren't for everyone right but also like when you come mm. back um it does take you a moment to like stand like to stand right like when you walk after it right like the only other people who get what you do are the folks that are waiting in line right they'll they'll you like looking at them like oh like they're gonna know what's happening and then the folks that were on the ride with you right so Mm -hmm. um that's why i think it's so important and and was preached during you know during it that those trips that like you the folks that are on the trip or the folks that understand what was there, what happened. Right. And right. what the experience was. And that's been, I think for me, the biggest thing, like coming back, you know, I came back in late 2019 and then um, settled back here in Charlotte. Uh, connecting one, I, I still have a, like a solid group of, of my friends that uh, had either, you know, done the experience or just you know understood so i had that i had a good base which i think was is yeah. a blessing um but then also just connecting with other folks that uh maybe not have a similar experience but just have had different experiences right like i think um trading stories or like understanding you know i think my favorite question to ask people is like the favorite place you've been right because like yeah everyone's been different places but like you know and people aren't afforded the opportunities to go all sorts of crazy places but everyone should at least have a favorite place right and um yeah i already talked about it the spanish school in in colombia yeah of all time Um, everywhere that's the one yeah i think so um just yeah whenever i hear place i think of like countries so that's cool though that like that was the experience for you wow yeah. 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 So I guess to like to wrap like that experience of coming back, I, especially, you know, I come back during holidays for a week or two mm-hmm. and like, but even then that's even more travel than I was doing. Like I went from the beach of Peru to for a month teaching yoga to, you know, a cross country trip flying around, visiting all my friends and like, like, Oh my gosh, this is, you know, get me back to the beach. Or- yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So coming back, you know, it was a bit of getting a job and figuring out, you know, I, I have my condo here. So it was, I knew I'd be back here, but nice. um, what was going to be next and what, what would define kind of what ended up being 2020 as a year. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
I'm glad that that whole experience is something that I can look back on, you can look back on. And I'm super grateful for being able to, first of all, you being able to do this and being able to connect with you um, and stay connected. And I will definitely do a better job of doing that. And I've been reaching out to a few of them lately who have been on the trip with mainly just, you know, with how everybody feels nowadays with COVID. I like crave that human connection and just the conversations I have with all of them. I, I love them all to death, like phenomenal mm-hmm. people, every one of them. And with that, of all the places you've gone and all the experiences, your favorite ones, your least favorites, do you have like an overall, like what is the best or not best, but what was the biggest lesson or experience that taught you the most? Like what was the biggest lesson you learned so far through all your travels, your experiences, and then kind of coming back to where you are now? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, um, I think the, the one word is, is like just intentionality. Um, and I'll like draw two, two lines with it. Like one was uh, just with my time. I kind of already talked about it where it was learning Spanish, connecting, um, uh, and uh, kind of having cultural experiences, but getting to know people uh, and then kind of giving back in, in, in ways that made sense volunteering or, or that. Um, yeah, that was my intention and I kind of stuck with it. So no matter what the travel experience it was, I could use those three items to you know decide. It's like, do I go spend you know, a month on the Northern coast of Peru uh, at a, spot taught Spanish classes teaching yoga and helping her with her marketing like check 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 yes I'll go do it right so um yeah so that that intentionality I think was the biggest learning as far as even on my travels to have that that framework and guidelines and um in the same way you know I I haven't taught in nearly a year and change but like teaching yoga and doing you know my yoga practice was very much about me like you know yoga practice at its core is about like sitting still and kind of introspective yeah. sitting somewhat movement and breath um and that intentionality is you know something that's taught throughout um so that was another element of like you know being able to have my own practice but then share it with others uh was was huge um and and from that coming back stateside you know trying to find a job um I, I, you know, was blessed to have the opportunity to really connect with a lot of the, the folks in my network from where I used to work and in the Charlotte area, um, and could be really uh, intentional about the work that I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm working for a startup now that, nice. uh, you know, the, the quick pitch is working to allow a subset of workers, so warehouse manufacturing workers that um, really historically have been treated pretty poorly as far as, you know, you hear the stories of something like an Amazon or other warehouses, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, and, and allowing them to uh, pick their own schedules and have their own flexibility. You know, there's there's other things about that, that, you know, nothing's perfect, but um, I kind of like that mission or that, that concept where, um, powerful so it's it's been fulfilling now to keep that intentionality um you know challenging at times like i think for everyone 
2020 and even to today with with the pandemic has been tough but um mm-hmm. i i feel like it's been a, a, a you know it's tough to say but like i felt I, it's been okay for me like i i haven't i can't like and i feel bad for saying that almost but like i think like i yeah know, like I, I should feel you know but like you shouldn't yeah that's the problem yeah yeah but but in in you know i'm still trying to be involved and give back but it's mm-hmm. it's still tough but yeah so intentionality that's kind of the biggest takeaway that i'm still trying to keep to a certain nice. extent that's amazing wow man i'm so jealous you got to learn spanish for a month and study it in per- uh, colombia sorry yeah wow you can yeah. you can go man there it's actually kind of cool because they they themselves, um, obviously with COVID got hit pretty hard and kind of pivoted to online and they nice. kind of were pretty, pretty quiet for a couple months though. And like, we're yeah. still teaching some, but they, um, they're called, I'll shout them out. Like they're called Spanish adventure. Uh, and they just, in the last two weeks, um, pretty much kind of started back up. Like they, they are, they moved to a, a house in the countryside, like kind of like five minutes out of this town center where they were at before and kind of starting back and where they were at in 2016 and have they have like two volunteers that are there right now and kind of are bullish that in the next 12 months they'll be able to have students from internationally come and learn and, and experience so um amazing you know that's why I'll, I'll always go and support them and want to go back and, and experience that because it is yeah, no kidding a place that i hold near and dear to me but also just yeah. people that are amazing and, and awesome so that's incredible yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to them. Definitely going to check that out. That's always been a language that, well, ever since Ecuador, and then it's, I just want to learn Spanish. I think I have a good enough base of French, good enough base of English. I could figure it out probably. Hopefully the learning curve is steep, um, but yeah, it should be uh, it should be fun. So Joe brother, I really appreciate you being able to do this, man. I'm super grateful that we were able to reconnect and for everything you've taught me and you of all the incredible mentors, leaders, people in a facilitated role that I've come across of, I've come across with for somebody who's been in that role in my life for such a short amount of time, you have made a crazy big impact more than you'll probably ever know. And I'm super great, super grateful for it, man. So I really appreciate your time and uh, you being able to do this. I yeah, mean, absolutely. I'm, it's exciting to see you do what you're doing and, you know, have me back on once you're at a hundred episodes, man. Like it's, you know, we're you're halfway there. So amazing. Um, yeah. Amazing. Anytime. Glenn. Awesome. I appreciate that.